listening to Living with ADHD and CPTSD, available on Apple and wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Living with ADHD and CPTSD. Today, we're talking CPTSD, and the main subject that I'm going to discuss is that if you are dealing with CPTSD and trauma, and you're having issues when it comes to maintaining adult state of being and not letting your parts take over and get triggered and blended, then if you can at all costs it's better to deal with this with someone in your life it is a lot harder when you are alone because you don't have anybody to trust or to look up to or talk about it when things are in a real bad place you know you're triggered or you're fear you're feeling traumatized or you know re-traumatized because you think that or your system thinks that you're re-experiencing uh one of your traumas that you experienced as a child and when you're on your own it is really difficult because there's nobody to trust and sure we may have our therapist but the level of personalized relationship with the therapist is not as deep and as meaningful as with someone like a a trusted family member or even better someone that you love like uh, your boyfriend or girlfriend uh, or your husband or wife or just your partner it's deeper there's more meaning there's more how do I put it, mutual interest and love and respect from and to each other than with a therapist because a therapist is professional. Uh, There's no love interest, of course, you know, from either side. And you feel more in touch and closer with your person, like the person that you're in a relationship with or your family member that you trust. There's way more like ability to feel like you can discuss anything or that you feel safe with them. Now, I realize that that's not exactly something that everybody has and has the luxury of experiencing today. And I understand that. So I'm not saying that you're going to be out of luck or that you're going to, you're not going to be able to to heal um, or you're going to maintain, you know, CPTSD throughout your entire life. That's not what I mean. It's just, it's easier for us on so many levels to handle this when you're with somebody in your life, not just in a, you know, like having discussions or being able to, to share your, your, you know, concerns and to discuss your triggers and traumas with them. 
but you feel that sense of safety you it's like it allows yourself to feel more uh, like more open and the stress levels and the anxiety levels can l be lower now i'm not you know, I'm not, I'm not indicating that that is true or that is the same for every single person out there who is dealing with trauma in their lives. It is going to be different. Um, some of us are prone to, as has been explained in research and in many books and in other, you know, videos that I've watched on YouTube, we, people who have dealt with childhood trauma and suffer from CPTSD are more prone to, you know, meet someone and be in love with somebody who is similar or the same as their perpetrator. So if you grew up and you're, let's say your father was abusive and neglected you and mentally and physically abused you and you suffered you know multiple traumas and so you get triggered whenever you're around him or something reminds you of the trauma that he you know put on you there's a good chance that if of course now i'm meaning more so for those the women who are suffering from CPTSD and were abused by their father, there is a really good chance that you could meet someone who's a lot like him, that you're going to, you're, you're so used to it, like the trauma and, and the way that your father, you know, raised you and, and traumatized you throughout your childhood and, you know, into your early year, early teen years, that you're going to meet someone who's going to be a lot like him. And that person could also potentially be abusive and, you know, re-trigger you and re and bring up all the, all the past traumas that you've experienced in your life. And you may not notice it right away. You know, you're, you're, you're going to meet him and like a lot of relationships at the beginning, they tend to be great. You know, you have that, that phase where everything's great and you, you love each other and you're happy and you're, and you're having a good time and you feel so happy and you feel so like loved and everything is fantastic. And then slowly over time down the road, you start to notice things, things start to change and it's small and it's, you know, minor things that at first aren't going to necessarily, you know, remind you of anything. Your friends might notice, um, you know, maybe your mother notices, like if, if she was also abused by, like physically abused by your father, she may notice or see things. But because we're so like, that person is so um, desperate and wanting someone to love them, there's a good chance that they're not going to see this. They're going to deny that this is happening. They're going to say some stuff like, oh, you're, you're just, you're just jealous. You don't, 
you know, you, you don't like him. You don't see what I see. You know, they, there's all these trends and these uh, common things that occur in the beginning or that in that little, that second stage of the relationship where you don't see it. You're not noticing it because it's so small. He hasn't started to, like, there's a good chance he hasn't started to hit you or, or manipulate you, you know, or mentally abuse you and maybe he's a narcissist and you and you're not even realizing it you know like and it's a quite quite a common thing and so yeah you've got your friends or you've got your family you know telling you that this guy is isn't good for you and that he he's like your father and you're you know you're getting upset at your family members or your friends thinking that they're just jealous or that they don't understand you know they don't know him like you know him and it's and that's really unfortunate because it and it's a common thing if we could notice like if 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 that person could find a way to notice like if they were healed let's let's say let's compare to someone who hasn't done any therapy and any work and hasn't started healing from their trauma to someone who's done 10 years of therapy and has really done a lot of work on their on their own and healed themselves and feel like things are you know like you're you're finally able to confront your fears and your traumas and and maintain adult a state of being if you were me if you met somebody like like that who was similar to your your perpetrator from the past the are there are a really good chance there's good odds that you're going to notice this and it's going to it's going to be right away or real soon after and you're not going to allow your child parts to you know say this person is okay you know or that he's he doesn't mean it or he's just he's you know they'll, they'll make up whatever excuse but in some, for someone who's done a lot of work and is and is healing or is you know well on their way to, to being healed from their CPTSD, they're not going to allow this person to take control. They're not going to allow them to, mani- to to manipulate you, and you're going to end it. You're just you're going to walk away because you're going to know and you're going to realize that this person is is um, manipulative and a narcissist or is abusive. And you're just not going to take it. You're not going to accept it and you're going to walk away. But for someone who is freshly new to this and maybe hasn't even done any um, therapy or, or has done any work with their trauma, there's that really good chance that you're going to not accept that or you're not going to believe that this is happening, that you're going to give them another chance, right? You're going you're gonna to say, you're going to convince yourself that... It, it's only temporary he's he doesn't mean it he's he got he was mad at work and he came home and got a little too emotional and didn't mean to that's that's those are those typical things that a lot of the times that a person who's all they really knew when they grew up was you know being traumatized and abused they're they have a hard time seeing reality and accepting the fact that the person that they're with is the wrong person and is abuser and that they need to end this relationship now 
it isn't something that they can often do right away unless it's so much that it, it's too obvious or maybe they're around that like maybe their friends or I don't know, mother or father are around them when the abuse occurs and somebody steps in, it's, it's going to be extremely difficult for that person to see the light and notice that something is wrong here and that they've just fallen into the same repeating pattern. Now, see, that's the complication when it comes to being with someone when you've got uh, complex trauma and you're recovering and trying to do your work is it's difficult for someone to gain trust. Like, like you have to earn it. Like someone who has CPTSD and let's say you're, you're dating them and, and you're understanding, you know, like a lot of people, unfortunately, when they meet someone who's dealing with past trauma and past abuse from a partner or like from their childhood, they're not going to be very understanding and they're not going to be very open when it comes to accepting the reality of the situation with that with their partner and they're going to end up leaving whether it's immediately or in a few months or even a year from now they're going to at some point not be able to handle the reality of what is happening and it's going to be difficult because there will be times when that person that they're with is gonna be suffering from flashbacks and they're not always going to want to have that partner around them because it may may remind them of something right like it it and you you can't take offense to that you can't like say that's not fair i'm not like that person i'm not an abusive person i'm never going to do that to that to them and it it's very unfair to to think and say things like that especially you know to that to the person who's dealing with the trauma because you have to be you have to be very understanding and you have to have a great deal of compassion and understanding and empathy for that for the person who's con- you know being traumatized and doing their work and and healing from their CPTSD it's a it's a long and difficult process and it is not something that's going to you know be fixed uh, in six months or a year and you have to for the person who is with who is the partner with the person with CPTSD has to have a great deal of understanding and respect for what they ask and if 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 they want if they say to you okay i'm going through a tough time right now i'm struggling with my with my processing and i'm i'm not doing too well today i i can't i just don't think i'm i'm feeling up to to seeing anybody right now like today um you have to respect that and you have to understand and 
not fight it, like not argue, not say, but I want to see them. You, you don't, you don't have the luxury and well, you shouldn't anyways be selfish, but you don't have that luxury of arguing it or trying to change their minds because all that's doing is that's just in their minds, reinforcing to them that you're, you don't care and that you're not being empathetic and you're not, you're not believing them or you're not trying to help them. And sometimes being helpful is by, you know, 100% saying, I understand, no problem. Uh, take care of yourself. Do what's best for you. Um, I'll, I'll get in touch with you in a few days. Or you could even let them be the one to, to contact you when they're feeling better. It, that's, that is how this kind of works out. And if a person who has the trauma is lucky enough and fortunate enough to meet someone who is fully supportive and understanding of your situation, in all honesty, that is a blessing. That is a huge blessing because it gives you that extra strength. It's like that. It's like that bonus that you get. It, for those who are playing video games out there, it's like that bonus life or that bonus energy level that you need to finish to finish the game to win. Um, it is a lot like that. You you feel supported and you feel loved and. And you get you're being respected for your for what you're going through, and that and thankfully there are a lot of people out there who who are that way where they understand and they're going to be supportive and they're going to you know give them the space that they need when they need it and they're going to be there to support them and look after them and care for them when they desire that, and it depends on how they are like it. And the interesting thing is, and this is reality, is that it could change day to day. It's not always going to be the same. Like, it doesn't have, there's no set design, there's no pattern, there's no rules when it comes to how trauma and dealing with your flashbacks and your work goes. There's no set way. You could have days in days on end where you're feeling fantastic and you're doing well and you're not getting triggered and you're not being re-traumatized and then you could suddenly just one day it just happens and you get and you and so something out in the environment uh triggers you whether you know you see something and and you get triggered and it's a good it's a big trigger and you it can take any amount of time to recover from it, to to process through it, uh, maybe they have to go see the therapist uh, in order to get help with the with the processing through that last trigger, and you might not be up to doing much of anything. You know, maybe all you want to do is just sit at home and and dissociate for a while, or do you are you doing processing, and it's a struggle. So you're you're taking you're doing it for an hour half hour however long and then you're taking a break for a while and then when you feel better you go back and and do more processing so your partner obviously has to be understanding of this and accepting that this is a reality and that this is way it's going to be it's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows there will be cloudy days and storms and and times where 
you're not really going to see much of them or, or if you do, it's going to be for 10 minutes and then they need to get back to what they're doing. It can be pretty severe for someone who has dealt with severe trauma in their past, especially in childhood. There are going to be times where they just don't have the ability or don't feel like seeing that person. And the best thing that that partner can do is to completely respect and honor that decision and not take it personally, not allow it to manifest inside them and have them thinking, oh, they're just being mean. They're not being true. And, you know, like it's one of those, it's one of those things that unfortunately is reality for so many people who have dealt with trauma and are trying to process and work through this is you have to, they do have to be given the time and respect. And, um, if, if they, if their partner does that, then, you know, it's, it's just, it's actually better. It It's in the long run, it will be more meaningful and it'll, the, you know, you'll understand and you'll appreciate your partner's um, ability to take, you know, just say, yeah, no problem. I understand. No big deal. I think, you know, it's best if you do your work, take, take some time, uh, do some processing, take care of yourself. I'm here if you need me, you know, but, and just do it. Don't argue it. Don't question it. Um, this is not the time to have selfish feelings or to demand anything. You don't have, honestly, you really don't have the right to demand anything from him or her at the time, because if, if you're fully aware of what they've been through and that they're going to get triggered and have to do processing at times, you're, you've already made that agreement and you've fully respected that choice and you can't, you can't really fight it because otherwise you're just showing to your, to that, to your partner that you don't really care or you're not being respectful of what they're going through and the hard work that they've been putting in for how many years now to to fight and to heal from the trauma that they've experienced in their past if you really love that person and you really want to show support and be there for them then you have to 100 percent respect their choices and if that's what they want, then you have to accept that and you have to happily do it. And it's, it's a sign of real, true love and respect towards that person. And it's, you don't, it's not the wording that you don't really think of is you're not putting up with it or you're not dealing with it. It is something that you accept and love about them. They're your partner, you know. It's just like if if you married them, you know. You know the whole line um, in sickness and in health, through good and the bad, right? Like I know that's not necessarily word for word, but that's what that means. Is that if if your partner is going through a rough time, 
you're going to be there. You're going to support them. You're going to do whatever you need to do for them. And even if that includes taking a break for a week or two weeks or however long it might take for them to do their work and to get to feel better and to do processing, that's what is involved in this. And as a, so as someone who's dealing with trauma, having a partner who understands and respects you for that and is you know fully supportive of everything that you're going through is is such an amazing bonus and it's such a great feeling to have because you do know that if if times get tough like if you're really struggling and you're having a hard time and you feel scared or you feel overwhelmed and your processing isn't really going too well and you need someone to talk to or to listen to what you're saying or just to hold you and be there for you in the moment that 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 is really like helpful that it, that makes things easier and you feel you don't feel alone you don't feel scared and by yourself even though you may choose to have time to be alone because you need that time in order to do the work and to really process through knowing that they're there for you. If you do need them is, it's such an amazing feeling and it really does. It makes a difference. It, it honestly makes such a difference for people. And for someone who doesn't have CPTSD, it's hard to, really understand like I was <clears throat> I remember being told this a long time ago unless you've experienced it or you're the therapist involved it's not something that you're really going to understand like you you can't sit there and say okay I want you to tell me about it and I want you to sh express to me what is happening what's going on and I will understand and I'll I'll know what you mean that is not exactly that is by no means an accurate statement because unless you've experienced it yourself, there's no way you're going to understand. Like you'll have some, some idea you can do research, you can watch videos, right? Like you can do whatever you can, but unless you've literally had the experience yourself firsthand, you don't truly get it. Like you'll never get it. Like, there's no point in trying to sit there and say, I know what you mean, or I know how you feel, or, or I get what you're going through. That's just, that's not a legitimate truthful statement because you can't possibly know. Like it's, that's just not true. And the best way to go through it is just to say, I'm here for you. I'm listening. I will do my best to, you know, to, give what is needed, you know, like your, your main goal is just to be supportive and to just be there for them, to listen to them. If they need, if they want to talk to you, um, there's a good chance that they're not really going to want to discuss their trauma because it could very well re-trigger them. Um, you just have to be there. If, if they need you to be, to sit with them or lie next to them and, and not say anything and just, be silent together, then that's all that's required, right? Like for someone, you know, I know those who are, who are dealing with trauma 
and have been doing some work and processing and and have their partner that's all that they need they they're, they're not they don't need their you know they, they never needed their partner to to ask questions or to talk to them about it necessarily you know it's it's that's not as something that is a requirement it's just being there whether it's listening or just being present with them uh going on a walk with them doing what they ask what what they're looking for is a lot and make and it's amazing what a difference that will make for that person and once you understand the significance and how just how much that if that changes or that helps them it really sinks in because it shows them that you're that you're an understanding person that you're a caring empathetic partner and that's really all they really want that's they're, they're not asking for much you know it's it's difficult for them it's a, it's a hard thing that they're going through and they've been going through it most of well pretty much most of their life and the struggles that they've experienced day after day um the good days the bad days uh it's it likely for many years to come is going to be continual there it, you may have more good days than the bad ones in the future um but there will be days where things will just trigger and it you're just gonna have to be there and that's all it, it, there is nothing you can do well besides being there in whatever capacity is required that's the main part if you can do that then you already are an a plus student <laughs> i know that's a, that's a strange way of putting it but that's what is required as a partner that is what is required of you is to just be there and if they want to talk then you listen if they don't want to talk then just sit in silence if they want to hold have you hold them then you hold them if if they want you to stay away or give them space for a few days or a week then you give them the space you know you you this is what being a partner is and you know it it's not something that you really question and you're not it, it it's it's something that you aren't going to do you know you're not going to sit there and question the motives or or wonder what is really going on you're just going to be that's what is required today and likely tomorrow but for a lot of us down the road someday when things are better like you know for a lot of people who have cptsd and they do their work and they do a lot of processing and they start the healing process there's going to be many more good days than bad days um there is a good chance that they could heal themselves or heal through therapy and and the work and 99 out of 100 times you're probably going to have a normal day that's going to just be like every other day but there still may be a day where they get triggered but there's a good chance that it really won't affect them too much and it'll be an, an easy thing for them to process through 
um, it, it likely will come. And like I said, just being there for them is, is makes all the difference. And it's not a hard job. It can be if you're, you know, not everybody is built to be with someone who's dealing with trauma and that's okay. Like, that's just the way it is. People are different. So if you're, if you're not able to be with someone who's dealing with CPTSD, it's just the way it is. Move on. There's always other people out there. It's not like it's the end of the world, of course. And that will be fine. And that person will understand. They'll, they you know, they're going to be sad. They're going to be disappointed, but they will be okay. You know, this isn't the first time I'm sure that they've been through uh, being with someone who wasn't able to handle it. And it's not like they're, um, they have, not like their expectations are at a point where they think that the next person they meet is going to be the one. It's, they know that it's going to be hard on them and you have to work through it and they will, they have already done so much work that it will be tough, but they'll move on quickly. And that's life for someone with CPTSD. All right, everybody, that is today's episode. Um, later today, I'm actually doing a live stream broadcast. Uh, I know that for some of you, this will probably be too late. The date of the live stream is October 8th of 2022. Um, it's 3 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Uh, if this is in the future though, you can actually find the broadcast. It will be on YouTube. Uh, my YouTube page, of course, is Living with ADHD and CPTSD. You can watch it there. And it's going to be called Let's Have a Seat and Talk About ADHD. And there's going to be a few special guests on the show as well. So hopefully you tune in and it'll be live. And I'm sure it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the audience can ask questions. There's going to be a, we're going to discuss ADHD to however we feel like, basically. All right. If you like this episode and you want to support me, you can do so. There's a number of ways. You can go to Patreon. Um, I'm on there living with ADHD and CPTSD. You can find me there and then you can sign up for a membership. Uh, the loyalty membership is where you can get merchandise for every time that you continue to be a member for every three months, you get a new piece of merchandise. It's pretty cool and it's well worth it. And you get early bonus access to bonus episodes and early access to episodes. So you can do that if you would rather just donate and help my cause and keep this on the air you can go to kofi.com that's ko-fi.com slash living with adhd and cptsd you can message me you can email me um, on twitter uh, my handle is at adhd and cptsd my email address is living with adhd and cptsd at gmail.com and you can go to my website, which is www.livingwithadhdandcptsd.ca. All right. 
thanks for listening and i shall talk to you next week bye everyone <laughs>